0: this case file, the theorists welcome published author and genuine ghost photographer Tim Scalion to the show. Having completed the work for the second edition of his acclaimed book, Haunted, Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with breakthrough ghost photography, Tim brings with him a host of new photos and experiences that are sure to chill you to the bone. Join the theorists as they explore phantoms on film with Tim Scalion in... Ghostography one oh one.
1: Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File two seventeen. Ghostography 101 with special guest, Tim Skullion. I'm Braden. I'm Zell.
2: I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to the show. A very special guest, author of Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, the Ghostographer himself, Tim Scullyon. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show.
3: Thank you so much, guys. I'm ready to have a great talk with you.
2: Yeah, man. It's uh our fans actually it's funny, like our fans connected this interview. They reached out first and like, hey, we got Tim Skullion. Would you would you like him on your shoulder? Like, yes, thanks for doing the legwork for us. So it's awesome.
3: Well, I say thank you to them too.
1: And uh my my favorite thing is is, you know, shame on us. We've been saying your name incorrectly. It's it's Tim Skullion, and uh we've been pronouncing it Scullyon. Uh but it's so much better because it adds just another level of mythos because that name skull is so badass. N-
2: another layer uh, of mystique. I,
1: yeah. Another layer of mystique. It's a awesome, uh, awesome name to go with. Uh, yeah. We, I originally found you um, when we, we did an episode on colonial Williamsburg and I kind of happened to stumble <clears throat> across one of your YouTube videos uh, by chance uh, in the area. And I just happened to watch it. And I was like, hey, this guy's awesome. <laughs> I
0: yeah, like, this right? is my
1: new favorite ghost
0: hunter. So it's I'm uh, well, instantly you so much.
2: fascinated with you.
1: Yeah, so it's it's come full circle for us to now have you on the show. So
2: yeah, definitely. Now, Tim, uh, glad to be here to get it started. Like, what? Uh, obviously, the field of ghost hunting not not everyone stumbles into it. So, what uh, what was your path there? Like, how how you get there?
3: Well, it's pretty much a stumble for me. I've got to say that a decade ago that I was not a firm believer in the paranormal. And what happened was I was working for a company here in colonial Williamsburg, giving tours in the daytime, strictly historical. And they asked me, would you like to give ghost tours? And I really wasn't that interested, but I said, okay, because I had some college loans that were coming due and I I needed the extra money. So yeah, sure. So they handed me a script and they said, here, memorize this. I memorized it. I passed the test. And before you know it, I was taking large groups of about 25 to 30 people out and telling them stories that I basically did not believe in. Right. But about two and a half weeks into this, I had about five or six people and they were all taking photos of the place that I was telling my story about. And you know, I had seen that before, so no big deal. Except there was one lady that she turned around with a big smile on her face and she marched her cell phone right over under my nose. Look what I got. And she captured a full body apparition of a ghost. And so this Whoa. this photo <laughs> I can just imagine you skeptic. sitting there
1: being like, This shit is real. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly that. so this skeptic turned into a believer and i had a few more people the rest of the summer that uh, ended up with ghost photos not as good as that first one but they were still convincing enough that by the end of the summer i had a mission and that was to take professional equipment down to colonial williamsburg because you got to remember a decade ago cell phone cameras were not that good So I thought, how much better of a photo could I get with professional equipment? So that became my mission. And the first night I went out was a miserable failure. I didn't get one photo. So it took me a few weeks to get the gumption to go back out and try it again. But that night I got something. And once I got that first photo, I was hooked, man. It was, I want more. And so... I started experimenting with different camera bodies with different lenses. I tried different types of light, and by that I mean visible spectrum versus infrared versus ultraviolet versus full spectrum.
2: Right now, and
3: I started make, making notes about the uh, weather and about the moon phases to see what were the best optimum conditions to capture ghosts. So, what Pretty soon before you know it, I had over 200 photos of ghosts that were pretty good. And all my friends and family said, well, you should publish a book. You got, you got the stories. You've got the history. Now you've got something that nobody else has, the ghost photos. So that's what I did. I uh, published my first book in 2016, and I was honored by the Library of Virginia because they nominated my book for nonfiction book of the year in twenty sixteen. So that was a real honor for me. And hey, now you guys know, at least here in Virginia, ghosts are nonfiction.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
3: Now it's true. uh
2: so Tim, you say you've you've used so much different type of equipment for ghost hunting In your experience, what is the most effective way to like to capture?
3: Well, <laughs> I would have to say that uh, full-spectrum photography is the best way to capture it. And, uh, you know, a lot of these ghost shows, they go out and uh, they so you got to go at night and you got to turn off all the lights, I guess, so that they can make the ambience a little bit more spooky than uh, with the lights on. But what I've discovered is that ghosts they seem to feed off of even artificial sources of light. And so if you turn off all the lights and, for example, if there's no full moon out or anything like that, then uh, they don't have any type of energy to pull from and they don't usually show up under those circumstances because of that. So uh, the ambient light, whether it's artificial or a moonlight, is uh, very good. Also, I've got to say that the warmer the weather, the more likely they are to show up. And again, you have to remember the ghosts are electromagnetic consciousness. So they, they don't eat like we do, so they have to find an energy source somewhere, somehow. So that's why I believe that uh, they will show up more readily with either sources of light or sources of heat. Or the moonlight or some place where they can get the energy to uh, materialize.
2: Right. I've never actually thought about ghosts like that before. It's a pretty cool theory, actually.
1: It, what I was wondering is is I, I'd never thought of that, but do you ever know when you're taking a photo because you can't see it with a naked eye, but you've got like such a feeling? Like in the room while you're taking the photos that you're like, you know what, I'm hundred percent gonna get something. I just feel it. Like there's is there a feeling attached to it too, or or is it one of those things where you're just looking at your camera after and hoping that you're catching something?
3: For the most part, it's looking at my camera and hoping that every once in a while I get a feeling. So it's off and on. It's I'm I'm not gonna claim that I'm uh very psychic like some people are, but I will say that every once in a while I will get a feeling. And to add to that, sometimes I will feel that I'm touched. And when, when you're touched by a ghost, again, because they are an electromagnetic consciousness, it's not that they are actually cold, but they have the ability to withdraw heat energy from your body, and so they feel cold. And so I felt that in some instances, and so that gives me the... Knowledge that there is
2: a ghost present. Oh, so when you say, like, so they, these go, the ghosts feed off the energy, whether it be light, or you're saying also, like, it, it could be your, could, could it be your energy? Are ghosts feeding off us? Yes,
3: absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's
0: terrible. So would you say, like, those, uh, those interactions that you had, uh, with, with paranormal entities, is, is that all you've experienced? Like, um, like you already, you already mentioned that you're not, or you don't feel that you're a full-blown uh, psychic medium level of uh, a ghost hunter, but um, are, are you just experiencing just sensations, like just, just physical things, or have you felt anything beyond that before?
3: I've felt things beyond that. And here's what I think is going on, is that there a lot of ghosts have one sense that they like to put out there. Sometimes it's a sense of smell, and I've uh, experienced smells. For example, in Colonial Williamsburg, I have experienced the scent of old-fashioned pipe tobacco. And it has a very different smell from modern-day tobacco. And yet, in another part of the city that's more modern, I've experienced the uh, smell, a much harsher smell, a more chemical smell of uh, modern cigarettes. So uh, another place that uh, it was a- actually at a church, I experienced the smell of a woman's perfume. Now that mm. said, uh, the other sense that I've experienced is hearing. I've actually heard the ghosts, and uh, I can give you uh, a really creepy story about how I heard one of the ghosts. You got time for that? Oh, we got time. That in yeah. we got nothing
4: but time. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. Okay, here in, uh, right outside of Williamsburg, near Yorktown, there is a road called Crawford Road, and I would venture to say it's one of the most haunted roads in all of the country. And uh, that said, I went out there several times to try to capture ghosts at this bridge that goes over the road. Now, while I was there, I was taking a lot of photos, and I hadn't had a whole lot of luck capturing anything on the camera that evening, but we were just about ready to pack it all in. And we heard, there was three guys, two guys with me, and uh, we heard a a woman scream. Here's the eerie part, here's the weird part. It wasn't at ground level. It sounded like it was up in the trees. And so we're standing there looking all around because at, at the moment, we didn't know that if it was paranormal or if it was a real woman. But uh, after looking around for a few minutes in the trees, we figured out that it was a ghost. It was trying to communicate with us. And uh, a few minutes later, we heard a second scream. And it sounded even more urgent than the first scream. And so we started walking around through the woods, seeing if there was actually a person that needed help, even though we had our doubts, but we just wanted to make sure. Right. So, uh, about two or three minutes later, we heard a final scream, and that scream it sounded as if the woman had been captured. That's the best that I could tell you. Captured. Now the story. Yes. The story that goes with that, that, uh, part of the road is that there was a young woman that was being forced to marry an older man and she did not want to marry him. And so she ran away from the ceremony. Evidently she lived close by and she went to the bridge, tied a rope to the bridge and then jumped over and hung herself. So people are seeing this and in- apparition dangling from that bridge for many, many years. But, and what's what's interesting about that is that when she jumps, she usually jumps right as a car is going underneath the bridge. And so the people in the car will feel a thump. And then they will look back and they will see the apparition of this woman. And their battery will usually go dead. So a lot of people have then ended up stranded out there because of uh, this apparition draining the battery in their car. So so. So that said, what we discovered was that uh, it sounded like this woman was telling us through those screams, and that's why I said the final scream sounded as if she had been caught, that she wasn't running away from this wedding that she was being chased and so we think that that uh, whoever was chasing her had the intent of hanging her for some reason so it may have completely reversed the story that was been told here for many years that uh, she was running away from a marriage but i've got to tell you that uh, that is one of the creepiest places that i've ever been and uh, To hear a woman scream and to hear it coming from way up in the trees or the skies or wherever it was coming from and not down on the ground where it should have been, it really sent chills down all of our spines. It's one of the uh, most haunted, creepy places that I've ever been in.
2: So this apparition, because now we've talked about the ghosts like feeding on energy, so it's, it's feeding on car batteries and stranding people out in the woods there.
3: Absolutely. And one of the guys that was with me had experienced that. That's why he wanted me to go out there with him on a return visit to see if I could capture this woman. So I wasn't able to capture her, but instead of coming through the uh, visual sense, she came through the auditory sense and we were all able to hear her screaming. Unfortunately, we we didn't have any kind of a recorder running, so we couldn't capture that on... uh, on any kind of tape or uh, a recording, but I've got to say that it's, it's still one of my creepiest experiences out there, particularly because that road is a known road for drug deals and for murders. There have been like three to four murders since the 1990s out on that road. So we were kind of on edge as it was, let alone after this woman screamed. Absolutely,
4: that scream would be enough for me to leave. Yep. So I'd be like, "All right, boys, we had a good run. Let's get out of here." All right, pull the
1: plates off the car. It's abandoned. Yeah. Yep.
4: <laughs>
0: Earn it. Uh, so, so, Tim, you already mentioned that um, it, it's your it's it's your theory that certain weather things like weather conditions, uh, probably like you know temperature, humidity can can affect ghosts. Is there is there a certain time that you find is the most productive for uh, photographing ghosts. I know you said the summertime, but is it is it, is it just the 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 heat maybe that they're drawing off of, or is it things like does humidity affect it, or um, barometric pressure, or anything like that? Like, what what do you find are the most important factors in uh, getting good photos of ghosts?
3: Well, I I can only theorize. I can't I can't tell you for sure. But uh, hey, that's perfect. What I what I do know is that if there is a thunderstorm nearby or it has just left the area, I, I try not to go out in the thunderstorm, but under those conditions, it seems to be, yes, I guess because of all the ions in the air from the conditions of the thunderstorm, it seems to be a prime optimum time to be able to capture ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so what, I found that that's particularly a good time to to go out and capture ghosts. And other than that, uh, I would say from uh, the spring to the fall, and uh, it seems as if uh, early spring and late fall for some reason, it's almost like uh, late spring is their time to come out, and late fall is uh, the last hurrah before they kind of go into Hiding, I guess. So those those are the best times I I would have to say for capturing guests.
2: Right. Now, what do you say? Because your theory is a little different than this another main theory that we've talked about in the past, the stone tape theory. Whereas, like through some type of emotional or physical trauma, like a being is like trapped, like an analog tape on like an object, and then replayed at certain times. What what are your thoughts on that?
3: I'm not disputing that theory, but I'm I don't think that uh, what I'm photographing is is as a result of that. And I'll tell you why. If if it were, and it's playing over and over again, it would stand to reason that every time I go to the same building or house, I should be able to get the same thing, wouldn't you think? But since I'm not, since I'm getting different faces or they're showing up in different windows or different positions or in and around the house, it tells me that these things are moving. It's not it's not something that's being played over and over again like a tape. It's an intelligent haunting. And I've captured ghosts walking down the streets, so they don't seem to be confined within the... Walls of certain houses or buildings, they seem to be quite active, quite intelligent, and unpredictable.
2: Yeah, that would make sense in a way. Like, yeah, if if it was a tape, you should be able to almost recreate the conditions. And then, you know, anyone who could figure out how to push play could see the ghosts. So it does make sense that they're just, they're more like energy beings. Mm-hmm. Now, are they, do you think, you think ghosts are? Like passed away life forms from Earth, or do you think like we're seen through like like as a, a dimensional
3: being? Yes, <laughs> dimensional. I think both. Both. I think that once we pass away, that we we have the ability to go interdimensional, and uh, that was first suggested to me by Professor John Mack out of University. I was reading some of uh, the things that he wrote and he said that all of the paranormal is interrelated and it has to do with the idea of different dimensions and intelligent entities being able to cross over from one dimension into another. And so he said because of that, that uh, ghosts are that way and uh, there appear to be a lot of the aliens that way. And he said, even some cryptids are that way. So uh, that's also been suggested by another PhD researcher. And he was uh, the guy that co-wrote the book on Skinwalker Ranch and his name's Colm Kelleher. And he suggested that, that um, John Mack was correct in his assumptions. And he had, experienced all three of those things at the Skinwalker Ranch. So I'm talking the ghosts, the cryptids and the aliens. And so he's suggesting that all three of those types of entities have the ability to go interdimensional so they can pass into and out of our dimension at will.
2: So that's kind of like the theory like Bigfoot tracks lead through the woods, through the snow, and all of a sudden they seem to just disappear like they, they transferred out.
3: Can you say that again? You were going in and out on it.
2: Oh, I'm just saying, like, some people say, when they say, like, interdimensional Bigfoot, because tracks seem to seem, like, people have Bigfoot tracks for so long, and then they seem to just disappear. And people are like, well, they've actually just, they're just gone from this realm, like this dimension.
3: Exactly. And you would think that they would have a lot more evidence if this weren't the case. For example, They would be finding hair or scats or bones or something. but And you you would also think that with the number of people that are out there looking for them, that they would have more proof. And that's why I believe that John Mack was correct in his assumption that they are interdimensional or we would have that proof that I just suggested and uh, all these people wouldn't still be out there looking without any results.
2: Right. Okay. Well, I know like we, you have sent us some pictures, but before I get to that, I just want to ask one more question about like an evil ghost or like a demonic ghost. Have you ever felt like a demonic presence? Like some say like demons and ghosts are one and the same, but they're just ones a more like ones just a bad entity, like a demon. Have you ever felt
3: anything like that? I haven't felt it, but I photographed it. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if I sent you any of my photographs that resemble demons, but uh, absolutely. And uh, what what was so what, kind of creepy, at least to me, was that we have this church here in Colonial Williamsburg. It's called the Bruton Parish Church, and it was built all the way back in 1715. So it is an original church, and uh, that place, I found it to be quite haunted, probably because it has so many graves, both inside and outside the church. And so I've gone there quite frequently. And one evening I was there immediately after a Christmas church service. And I was photographing people as they were walking out of the church. And right next to the door, there was a small bench. And on that bench, I captured something that I could only describe as possibly a demon or a a gargoyle oh, shit. or perhaps somebody might think of it as uh, an alien. So one of those three things, and it was a bright red in color. And Hey, I would be willing to submit that photo to any photographic forensic analyst, you know, like the kind of people that uh, analyze photographs, to see if they've been tampered with. I would submit that to anyone to uh, validate it because it was, just something so creepy and it was sitting there as if it was waiting for these people to walk outside that church
2: and that's
3: what made it so creepy
2: no kidding now i have the pictures you sent me i have them um that one you're talking about right there is it what's it labeled
3: um it should be labeled bruton parish church
2: bruton parish church okay i have it here let's take a peek at this thing on the live stream. And if you're not watching live stream, we will describe it to the listeners. So this one is the Bruton Ugh. parish church. It looks like a, it looks like an alien grave. It look, looks something. like an alien grave. Like does it?
3: Oh yeah. I also captured that there too. So I must not have sent you the one that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. But, uh, That's okay. Yeah. Right. Right on the sidewalk in front of the church. And if you notice the uh, picture of the church, the alien gray that I captured, if you blow that up, it's in the far left-hand corner right on the sidewalk. You can see it. So uh, if, if you guys get a chance, look at it that way, and you'll be able to see. So the uh, one that I sent you that looks like an alien gray, that was on the sidewalk going up to the church.
2: Yeah, like it, it really, like just at first, first glance at this picture. You just your mind immediately jumps to gray,
1: and it looks like it's wearing like a like a dark jumpsuit of some kind. Which you know we've heard them a lot of accounts that we've talked about describe them in in various sorts of uh, coveralls or jumpsuits or flight suits. Yeah, yeah.
3: And here's the thing: who would expect to see that in Colonial Williamsburg? What's it doing there, right on the sidewalk? That's what blew my mind. That was the last thing that. I was expecting to see in my photograph. You know, I was expecting an 18th century man in appropriate clothing from that era, in a tricorner hat and knickers, and and instead I get that. I, yeah, the, I the Quaker it. oats
0: guy. Now, do you recall if you were, did you snap the photo? Like, were you just taking random pictures at that time? Or did you have your camera centered on, a like, that sidewalk, that specific sidewalk, and just letting it kind of take pictures, like, uh, set it on a timer or something like that?
3: I was taking a picture of the church. I was helping to capture one of the guests in and around the church. I wasn't expecting anything on the sidewalk.
2: Right, yeah, that'll be the last thing you're expecting. <laughs> Picture of a gray, exactly.
3: And maybe
4: he's doing the same thing you're doing. Just out there, ghost hunting.
2: Yeah, we're <laughs> we're just ghosts to them.
3: Yeah, that's possible. And and here's another thought: maybe this is an alien ghost.
1: Like that would you know, kind of mean that we all kind of, you know, end up in the same or have the same abilities in the afterlife of this, you know, being able to traverse
2: the universe yeah we just like become part of this the, dimension we become part of the universal conscience and we can just like experience it, everything
3: exactly and so who's to say that they don't have the exact type of consciousness that we have an electromagnetic consciousness and uh, i'm sure you know from science class that energy cannot be destroyed it can only change forms yep
1: yep
2: yes i makes mean, it makes sense like when you die Your body, like your physical body, changes. The energy changes into different minerals and breaks down and becomes dirt. But then, your yeah, your conscious energy—that's always like the debate. Like, does the soul have a weight? Does the soul leave you, and like, when you die?
3: Yes. In fact, you know, I've been—I have a hope that one of these days that I will be able to capture somebody that's in the process of dying and photograph them as well as film them to see if it could capture the soul leaving the body.
2: Yeah, that would be a, that would be something. Like imagine you just like see yourself rise out of your, like you see it rise out of the person's body. Well, no. they didn't, yeah. they, uh, yeah. they
1: didn't, they do that with the atomic mass and they have the atomic mass of a soul
3: upon death yes i believe you're right i've read something about that yes
1: and i you know i i it's been a while since i read it but uh i i do remember reading an article about that about that they did studies uh with people who were you know uh terminal illnesses and stuff and and they wait i can't remember how but they had the atomic they had them on some sort of scales and stuff and they had a Atomic mass, what they called the atomic mass for the soul, or something like that. Oh,
2: so, like they weighed um, them while they were passing, and then like well, see, yes, the weight changed. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and there was a there was a change.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like I feel, I feel like your consciousness has to go somewhere. But Tim, while, while we got in the line, you, you sent us some more pictures, so I'm going to let's go through them, and I'm gonna we're gonna ask you what you, how, how you got them. So that was the sure. Brenton Uh Let's talk about the. Monticello Apparition?
3: Apparition. Apparition. That was at Jefferson's Home. That was from my latest book. See uh, I, did, I did two books on Colonial Williamsburg, and then people started saying, well, it's the only place you can get ghosts in Colonial Williamsburg. So I decided to go all over Virginia in uh, Monticello, which is uh, up near Charlottesville, was a really haunted location. That's where Thomas Jefferson lived and died. And I got to tell you, I got a lot of apparitions there, but that is one of the most curious because it doesn't quite look human. If if you look at the head, the head has a strange almost shine to it, almost like a metallic shine to it. And so uh, being that uh, this is the alien theorist, I thought that I would send that to you guys To let you ponder and uh, Debate over whether that's actually A ghost or maybe an alien
2: Yeah I mean we're, oh, we're looking at it right now let's describe it really quick It looks like a when I first seen it I, th- I thought it was someone like armored up Yeah
1: uh, It kind of reminds me of uh, Is it um, Ronan the Destroyer from
4: Guardians of the Galaxy Yeah it looks like <laughs> a Jack dude looking down Yeah Wearing some right. type of robe,
1: robe and like maybe some dark, dark purple skin. It looks like it's a creepy looking photo, though. And he's bald, and he's got the reflection coming off his dome. Yeah, it's like silver, silver surfer kind of look to him.
3: Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, almost like it's uh, the head is silver, or he's got a silver helmet on. So I don't have any real explanation for that. Just uh, some theories, just like you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean that. Definitely humanoid, but it's hard. Like you can't really make out the face. So if if that's like, if that that's not attire, tire, like it's not he's not wearing something, and that's like his actual physical, physical body, be a terrifying ET species.
3: Yeah, just j-jacked. jacked. It yeah. looks really muscular too, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like you can see the shoulders and the traps. It looks like, and you can almost. You know, I don't know if it's a a little bit of an illusion of the light, but, like, you know, the upper body muscles for sure of the upper torso and the pecs definitely uh, see some.
4: Sounds like you're getting a little turned on there, Brady. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. All right, next photo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing this photo is not from behind.
1: It's a sexy photo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's, uh, let's move down to this next photo, the Travis Galt house.
3: That one's a pretty cool. Oh. Got a pretty cool ghost story that goes with it. Let's see. Uh, Travis Gout House, that was the place where the superintendents for the asylum here in Williamsburg, which was actually America's first insane asylum. It was built all the way back in 1773. And uh, before that, they were just throwing people that were insane in jail. But after that, they were putting them basically in another form of jail because that's all the asylum was back in the 18th century. But about the mid-18th century, there was a Dr. Gout, and he was staying in that home. And he was the superintendent of the asylum. And when the Civil War came to town, that was on May 5th, 1862... It was said that uh, after the battle was over, the Union came into Williamsburg and occupied it for the remainder of the Civil War. And I found a personal account. Now, I can't verify this in any history books, but in this personal account, it said that the Union officers came in and they just opened the doors to the asylum and let these people out. And this wasn't... uh, something that the doctor Dr. Galt was in favor of and he was so distraught about them letting these people just go out and walk the countryside you know they were obviously insane they obviously had problems in society and he was trying to he was I would say a hundred years ahead of time as far as the thinking was about how to treat mentally ill people back then and so he was trying to treat them with kindness and, uh, with therapy rather than just binding them up and drugging them. And, uh, they also gave them a type of, uh, shock therapy with cold baths, frigid cold baths. So that said, he was so distraught that the union had let all these people out of the asylum that he took a drug overdose. And evidently, the drug overdose made him bleed from the head somehow. I don't know what he took. Um, I have it in my book, but I, I forget it at the moment. But he either the drug made him bleed, or perhaps he passed out and hit something and that made him bleed. So, one or the other, but the blood stain on the floor was so distressing to the people that moved into the house after he left that uh, they actually took the floorboards up and put new floorboards down over the bloodstain because of the bloodstain. And the floorboards were not down one day that that bloodstain appeared again on the new boards. And so they haven't been able to get this bloodstain out of there. So, again there I am taking photographs and I'm thinking that I'm going to be getting somebody from either the 18th or 19th century that lived in there a long time ago. And although I did get a lot of faces that, that were uh, from the 18th and 19th century, I get two faces that uh, have conical heads that I would swear look like two aliens. And you guys agree with that?
2: Yeah, we're looking at it right now. It's like a, the- you know what? That's not what, when I,
1: it's funny you say that. Cause what I, I don't know what y- you were taking this photo with. Like if you're using a bit of ex- exposure, but like when I, I've, as you've been telling this story, I've been looking at it and really looking at it. And to me, what I see is it's almost like when you snap your photo, whatever this was, was looking away. And during the time it exposed, it quickly looked at the camera and then paused, which is why you get a kind of a more brighter face. And then the other one seems to be looking away faded because you didn't have it in the shot longer. But those two eyes, they really look like it notices the camera looking right at you, right at you. So part of me wonders if it was looking away. And when you took the picture, it looked because it knew you were it was being, you know, having its photo taken.
3: And that is quite possible, too. The only thing that I wondered with that explanation was why wouldn't you see a blur from the motion of it moving from one position to the position of looking directly at me. That's what uh, made me kind of doubt that. But it yeah. is a possibility. I'll guarantee that.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it definitely has that elongated head again. The two black eyes. That's- you
1: do see a, a, f- a faint nose, which, I mean, we we don't hear about a lot in you know UFO encounters and stuff. You, you don't hear a lot of descriptions of noses, but like, you know, this could be some some sort of in between, uh, you know, like a Nordic and a, a, you know a stereotypical tall tall gray. If we're going with uh, Doctor Mike Masters' theories of like these are all us. Uh, this is just a, a stepping stone on the way to that.
2: Yeah, no, it's a, that's a really cool picture. Now, while we're on this topic, before we go to the next one, there's a question in the chat. Like, what do you when do you take a picture, Tim? Like, post what what compels you to post something? Like, how do you determine what's compelling enough to post, and then like what's not an artifact or or the like?
3: Well, it just has to be a good enough and clear enough photo, and uh, sometimes I'm able to make things come in a little bit clearer if uh, you can use basic tools like a sharpening tool and you'll be able to see something clear or sometimes if the photograph is too grainy there's a de de-graining tool but if I can't get something that uh, looks stunning to me that's that's what I'm, I'm looking for something that is going to drop my jaw and so what uh, I take thousands and thousands of pictures whenever I go to these different places. And the reason for that is that ghosts usually appear for like a split second and and they are gone. Right. And so I found that uh, the more photos that you take, the better your chances of actually capturing the ghost. And so that said, if the ghost is visually stunning to me, that's my prerequisite for for holding on to it and publishing it rather than deleting it.
2: Right. Makes sense. Now, there's a couple more... We don't want to spoil all your work for the viewers. We want them to go search out the rest, but there's two more pictures in particular that I want to look at before uh, we let you go tonight. The next one is... The Weatherburn Tavern? Is that... I think that's the title of this one?
3: Yes, Weatherburn Tavern.
2: Yeah, so this one
3: here... That was...
2: Oh Jesus Christ! What the hell is that? that you should have oh, warned me oh,
4: before you threw oh, that on my screen. Oh, That's terrifying. That's
1: you got a picture of Thomas, the, the train engine's evil brother. <laughs>
4: oh,
2: shit! <laughs> Tell us about this one.
3: Okay, the Weatherburn Tavern is an 18th century building in Colonial Williamsburg. It was built all the way back in 1738, and so uh, this is early on in, uh, shall we say, my paranormal odyssey. And so I'm there taking photographs, and I'm expecting to get uh, photos of an 18th century man and his wife and child. And He's purported to have uh, killed his wife, although there's, there's no outstanding proof. But you have to remember back in the 18th century that they didn't have the tools that we have today to prove or disprove whether somebody committed a crime, you know? So there's no CSI. There are no blood toxicology reports. There is no coroner that's going to come in.
4: You had to literally be there with a knife with blood on it, yelling, I did this. It was me.
3: (laughs) So that said, that's what I'm expecting. And I wasn't expecting that at all. And that is the first apparition that I've ever captured that looks like an alien. Only the, the proportions don't even look right for something that's a, a gray. I would say that the top of the head looks too swollen. But uh, yeah, the color the color is from the ambient light of the house. The house was painted a reddish brown color, and so all of the apparitions that I've taken there have Pulled from this ambient light and so they are reddish brown in appearance so I, I think the color is irrelevant because of that reason but as far as what it is it, it resembles a gray that like i said the top of the head is much too swollen mm-hmm. and if you look at it closely it appears as if it's passing through the glass particularly the one
2: eye t1000 style yeah, if I, if I took this picture, the first thing I would think was, this is a demon. <laughs> you know, this thing looks so terrifying. Looks so terrifying. Was this picture what really sold the supernatural to you?
3: No, I have to say it was my first picture, which was at one of the most haunted houses on the East Coast, which is the... The uh, subject of that video that you t- mentioned earlier in the podcast, right? And that's the Peyton Randolph House, and I captured a face there in the window, and this was my very first capture, and so I was excited about it. But at the same time, I was kind of uh, disappointed Terrified? because the area around the mouth and the nose it was all black and mottled, and I had done my research i had looked in the history books and i couldn't find an explanation for why this face looked that way but i talked later to one of the guys that had worked there for many years as an interpreter and he knew about why that face looked that way he said that there was a man that came in there during the 18th century to see Peyton randolph who was a very good lawyer and he evidently had some kind of problem that he wanted to, Peyton to represent him in court. And you just didn't get right in to see Peyton whenever he, he even went to his house. It's like today with uh, doctors and lawyers. You have to uh, wait in the waiting room, which back then was the parlor, mm. until the doctor or the lawyer was ready to come see you. So he's in there waiting, 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 and evidently the problem that he had must have been so hopeless, at least in his eyes, that he pulled out a pistol, put it in his mouth, and ended his life. Mm-hmm. And so that's the explanation that I had for that photo, why the lower part of this man's face was all black and mottled, because he had ended his life by blowing off that part of his face wild.
4: It's crazy. Yeah, it
2: Okay, a- I've changed my mind. I want I'm going to do two more photos if we don't mind because now, now th- <laughs> this, this one is this one is so great and now we're going to go to the one titled Shields Tavern. Look at the this is another
3: oh. gray
2: ET looking elongated head. Tell us about this one, Tim.
3: Okay, Shields Tavern, that's uh that's not even an original building. That's a rebuilt and uh, at the time that I took that, it was open as a tavern and I had always gone and taken photos out in front of the building. But one day I decided to go to the side and uh, I took the photo from there and uh, this creepy thing showed up. And if you look at it, it almost looks like it doesn't have any lips or something to cover its teeth.
2: Yeah. And yeah. like you
3: said, it has the elongated head and the, uh, I have no stories or explanation for that, other than that's got to be either an alien or an alien ghost that was in that window looking out. And there's there's no corroborating story, as I mentioned, that uh, can can even explain what why that thing is in that window looking out at me. But I got to tell you, it's it's a face that you'll never forget.
2: Yeah, I, it's burned into yes. my mind now. That one and the last one, the Weatherburn Tavern, man. Those ones are just, oh man! If you, if it's it,
1: looking right at me. I don't, don't like yeah, it. staring at it's,
2: us. Just meet the picture. All <laughs> right, now close and personal. Sure. Now, Tim, uh, you also sent us. I want. I want to do one more, and then we'll get your final thoughts on a couple of things here. But it is you were. I guess you were. You were in the plane, and you took a took a picture out, and you caught what seems to be a glowing craft out the window.
3: Yes, I was. I was in a jet, Southwest jet, and uh, I was originally planning to, the plan was to go to Las Vegas and then go to Arizona, and the, the plane got diverted because of uh, massive thunderstorms in the central part of the country. So we got sent to New York, and then we had to board another jet, and that jet took us down south evidently down around the uh, lower part of the southern states and out to las vegas that way to circumvent the storms so as uh, this it got to be later in the day and the sunset was out there and looking really beautiful and i thought i got to get a good picture of that and so i took three photos and In the first photo, you see that glowing object, that saucer-like object, and some people seem to think it's a UFO, and I've talked to some psychics, and they said that they believe that it's a portal, and the reason why they say that is because if you look around, there are a lot of orbs. There's one really bright white one, but there are a lot of ones that are very translucent, but there are a number of them, I'd say between 10 and 20 of them around. And they seemed to think that these orbs were coming through that portal. So uh, whether you want to call it a UFO or a portal, that'll be up to you. But uh, that was right outside my plane. And I, I took these photos in a row, one right after the other, just to make sure that I had a good view of the sunset. And in the other two photos, it did not show up, none of that stuff. So the the UFO, the aliens, they seem to uh, be there and gone in a split second, just like the ghosts are. So you're
2: just catching a quick glimpse of like their reality kind of thing, like their energy, and then they're gone? I believe so. Yep. Yeah, it's a really...
3: It's almost like, oh, we've been seen, we've been discovered. Let's exit. Yeah,
1: move. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the, the energies align and you get a quick glimpse and then they're gone. These photos are great, Tim like (laughs) terrifying phenomenal uh, interesting at the same time thank you so much now uh we you're east coast over there with dan so i think we're gonna let you go here before we take a break but i
1: got uh this is kind of giving me some ideas for another question if you don't mind tim uh one of the things i was thinking is you know uh, a lot of our listeners you know, big ghost fans and uh do ghost tours and stuff I myself you know when I'm out and about we'll do uh ghost walking tours take pictures on your iPhones and stuff um what are some things you could look for that maybe an amateur uh photographer or just someone taking pictures might not realize could potentially be ghosts like what are some what are some signs that people can look for in their own photos or what are some things people can do to set themselves up for success if they're um, going on these things and want to capture uh, you know, some ghost photos on their own phones?
3: Sure. I, I, I try to coach people on my t- tours. I have a tour of uh, Williamsburg myself, and I try to coach people on how to take photos, and I always point out the uh, places where I've captured the ghosts, so I'm more than happy to tell you that. And the first thing that I would say is... Uh, you need for a cell phone, you need a really current one because they are really good at capturing night photos. And that said, the first thing that you want to do is turn off the flash. And in doing so, you're going to have to take a usually a three-second long exposure. So you're going to have to hold the camera still for at least three seconds. Now, once you've done that, I found that ghosts do not usually show up in close proximity to people. They're usually farther down the street or they're kind of hiding. And so what you have to do is examine the photo, expand it, zoom in on it, however you want to call that. And you have to scan it, you know, inch by inch to make sure that there are any ghosts in there. And the, Like I said, usually they are farther off down the uh, street or way so that they are basically hiding in plain sight is the best way to put it. And Mm -hmm. so you have to examine that. And now one of the things that you should always look at is windows and if you're on the inside of a house, mirrors, because ghosts, for some reason... I think the glass in either the window or the mirror is some sort of a medium that helps them to appear quite clearly. So you want to look in each window and or mirror to uh, see if you have ghosts. And like I said, one of the best ways is to download the photos off of the cell phone onto a large screen from your computer and examine the photos that way so you could see it much clearer.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Right. Tim, we're going to let you go here, but if people want to support your work, check out your books, what's the best place to check you out?
3: Well, uh, all my books are on Amazon. So if uh, you type in my name, uh, just remember uh, Skull with a C, Lion. That's spelled S-C-U-L-L-I-O-N. If you type my name into uh, Amazon, you'll be able to see my books. And uh, of course, I have the requisite uh, Twitter page and the Facebook pages. Um, I have Tim Scullion, author on Facebook, that uh, I usually communicate with people, and uh, I write my blog on WordPress. So it's Tim Scullion at wordpress.com, and uh, that will show up on Facebook also. So uh, those are good ways of uh, finding out some examples of my work. And I've got to mention that I have a Facebook page, too, for Ghostographer Tours. And uh, one of the things that I do on that page is to, if you remember just a few seconds ago, I was talking about I coach people on how to take photographs of the paranormal on this ghost tour. And I publish... Photos of other people that they've taken on that, on my tour, because I get tired of people saying, oh, those photos are just Photoshop, they're fake. Mm. So, because of that, what I've done is I've taught other people how to take ghost photos. And whenever they do capture a good ghost photo, I will publish it on those pages so that I've developed a small army of witnesses. To the fact that these photos are genuine and that these people have actually captured their own ghost photos and uh, I have a small army of uh, right now it's a little over 200 people that uh, I've coached and uh, they've successfully captured ghost photos so that way I can come back at people that say oh this is just photoshop and say no I could I could understand if it was just one person Mm -hmm. But I have over 200 people that have gotten ghost photos, too. What can you say about that?
2: That'd be quite the coincidence to get 200 people, I would say. Tim, Skull Lion, thanks for coming on the show. Keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. We'll keep checking in on you. And uh, we're going to take a short break on people on the live stream, and we'll be right back. We're back. I can mute this picture of Scullion. Skull Lion. Scar Lion.
4: Scar Lion. Oh man, I'm so bummed we couldn't get his live audio, but it's. I'm glad. I'm glad you got the picture you did because it really like that, you know gets his essence because it's you know if it wasn't with that cool little goatee and his sexy Julian shirt that he has on, you wouldn't really appreciate it. That's Tim. That's yeah. definitely Tim. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's maybe he could maybe he couldn't have find his hat and his his duster, so he's like ah. It's
2: no not video. Be worth doing the video. No, I l- I liked what he had to say. Yeah, That was awesome. Like, I like the, his thoughts on, like, ghosts as energy and they they need, like, just like, we're beings, we need to feed, they feed on energy.
4: Well, it's cool because, it's like, the only reason, well, for me anyways, it's always been, like, you've always just associated them hanging around with haunting people, right? Well, maybe no. Maybe they're hanging out because they need to feed off of us. They're hungry. Yeah, it makes sense. It,
1: it also makes me want to go back and look at, like, take a harder look at some of, uh, like, Older photos I've taken because I know we even we've taken photos where we're like thought we captured something in in like you were saying the Ouija photo and stuff. So like yeah, I kind of want to go back now and like, you know, do some
4: enhancements on those. Now that I have a better computer, I never even thought to do that. I mean, I don't really want to know, though, like if you enhance it and it was like nothing, I'd be like, oh, great. And if you enhance it, if it was something that would ruin my life, everything for me would be over. <laughs> it zo- would be all over.
2: You zoom in, it's just like this fucking demon with a knife.
4: Dude, it looks just like a demon that's pointing. Like you see the eyes and the nose, and so, that was enough for me to want to just fucking pack it all up. That's it. The, a good the run. one
0: picture that he uh, uh, that he connected to the, the guy like shooting himself, like that the red the red picture. Yeah, that one was terrifying. <laughs> when I saw that, I immediately I was like, "That's the Phantom of the Paradise and the, the Brian De Palma musical." Like, <laughs> I was like, "That's Thomas." That's somebody's that's face. Instrument.
2: Like, there's Thomas no way. The there's no I look,
0: I, if you if you look up Phantom of the Paradise like it, people will know what I'm talking about but it, it looks like that
2: are you are you talking about this one?
0: <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's insane. And if you look up the Phantom of the Paradise, like you you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like F- it looks phantom oh. kind of like that.
2: Yeah, of the yeah. Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a really good movie. Uh, yeah. made by like, you know Brian De Palma, the you know famous director. He did a musical if you didn't know, and it's actually pretty pretty fucking rad. <laughs> oh, but crazy.
2: That one's not red though. So it can't be it. I
0: mean, there are scenes no. from a movie where there's some red lighting, but I'm not saying that that's what that is. I'm just saying that's what it reminded
2: that was me of. That's what it could be. Let's, let's could pull it it up here. That guy. That
1: guy. Go to that one in the red background there.
2: That's a cool one. This one here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one.
0: like, that's what it immediately reminded me of is
2: is that. A little bit. I, I, get, know, the yeah, I get the quick connection yeah. there. The, the association was there. And I was
0: just like, hey, that's. Now I pull up Thomas the again. Train
2: engine. Thomas <laughs> the Train?
1: Yeah. The Tank imagine Engine? that Which yeah, one? Thomas the Tank Engine, is that what it is? What was that one? Yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine, yeah. That was the one you just
4: showed, the same one, yeah. Yeah, that one I wanted one. to see I wanted to see the one with the, the devil sitting outside the church. That was
2: interesting, or the demon.
4: Well, yeah. you know, he I'm pretty sure he's got that stuff on his
2: uh Yeah, if you go searching his website or his yeah. Facebook or what do you
4: think he was doing though? Like do you think he's there to like creep people out or you think he's out there recruiting for Satan being like oh no guys come over here check out this fucking he's that motherfucker this ceremony it's better he's the fucker whispering in your ear fucking orgies and shit it's way cooler come this way sure we gotta kill some goats but it's fine It's no big there to write rad songs for the devil yeah because that's how the movie goes like. uh, Listen I, to metal. I,
1: if I went to Colonial Williamsburg I'd do the tour because I think it'd be fucking dope to capture something oh, on your own camera 100% I think
4: we should do I think we'd, it would be so much fun man it would be fun I would be all about it. That'd be rad. We got to get dressed up in pantaloons. That'd be, that'd we got to get some tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> we need found some it, fucking tobacco. When he said, when he said uh, that I
1: wanted to pop so bad, I was like, was all right, like hold it together. Foghorn,
4: leghorn stuff. <laughs> and then when he great. said it back that's, again, it's That's just like, the
0: Virginia. That's the yeah. Southern Virginia accent. That's awesome.
2: Thanks. Yeah, great accent.
0: So I have a Northern Virginia accent, but it's us see. Uh, nah, Dan, you're pretty Southern much Virginia. Canadian
2: at this point. You've talked You talk to Canadians so much. You're pretty much just Canadian.
0: Yeah. um, I found his idea- or the theory that uh, the ghosts only manage to manifest themselves in, in one of the five senses, like what you guys were just mentioning. Like, I found that interesting that they're only able to at one time, I suppose, um, from what he was telling us. Like, it's right. either, you know, sight, smell, hearing, sight, smell, sound. I suppose. Or physical by fucking poltergeist. Well, I mean, he didn't. I, you know, Touch, he didn't, We should have asked him about. That. We should have asked him about that poltergeist activity. I never activity, even. Th- I never thought to even ask if he did. Yeah, he. Mo- I mean, he. Mo- he mostly mentioned like on the electromagnetic kind of thing, whether it's like, um, you know, inter- uh, in the, the sensation of having you know energy drawn from you or from the uh, immediate area you know they're thus producing like a cold spot or that's how they produce cold spots which are associated with uh, you know apparitions and paranormal I like the
1: cold spot idea too it's where it's they're they're just uh, sucking the heat from you that's why you get the cold sensation taking your energy Um, oh it's cool like I said I'm definitely I'm definitely going to put that on the old bucket list of do some ghost photography on a ghost tour Um,
0: ghostography
1: yeah, it's much easier <laughs> to say than photography. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: forgot but, about that fucking episode. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I was I was <laughs> folk dialed in this time. Um, how how, many, how, how long did you practice before the episode, just in case that came up? Good. Ghostography. Good two hours. <laughs> just sitting
1: there. Uh, yeah. Ghostography. Ghostography. Goose. Um, so th- that's my final thoughts. I I would definitely. I I like his theories. Um, You know, the pictures are cool. And it's one of those things where like you can potentially go and get some of those pictures yourself. So then you can kind of make your own judgments, right? Like it's, you know, this, this kind of case file of like, can you take photos of ghosts? You know, you can go and do it and you can try and you can go and do it with someone who claims to do it and make your own judgment on your own photo, whether or not that was something weird. You can compare it to, you know what you're looking at um, and what you remember f- from the location,
4: but you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to do. I still don't understand though, is it like you just walk around spam, just fucking yes. spamming photos until you No, three look se- three second?
0: Them? no, it's three second exposure. So you have to stand there for three seconds and then okay. move on.
4: So just randomly pointing and hoping you're gonna get something. Yeah. Spray y-
0: and break.
2: Yes. Well, if you're only if you're only witnessing a very small like, section at, at of before the over. or
4: after a thunderstorm. Well, around the, the ions. Right. I dig that. That's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, the, the energy of, like, the ionosphere, like, brings out alternate dimensions yeah. that would kind of see into them. Guy's spicy. He, you know, sprinkled in a little science there for everybody. You know, I dig it. That's kind of cool. He's like, remember in science class? I went, nope. Hey, ions. Ions make everything better. Positive ionized water, Ionized yeah. air. I like think everybody, everybody loves ions. Can you get ionized booze? Yeah. Why don't we? Someone should make it. So, check out our merch store for I- ionized, ionized booze. <laughs> uh, what are you guys?
1: What are you guys'
0: final thoughts? If you did not that? ionized vodka. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My final thoughts are: we need, need to get the ionized alcohol asap. Yeah, but no, yep. I think so too. I- ion ion vodka, good. but no, That's I like. Uh,
0: cool. Sounds right. I
2: did like theories of that. I liked when he's like is it aliens, ghosts or alien ghosts? And I was like,
3: oh, alien
2: ghosts? The alien Why not? So, hypothetical. So the Roswell crash crash was gray aliens that they died, they are now ghosts on earth. Absolutely. In Colonial Williamsburg. Well, like, they could they could transfer <laughs> all over the world. Right, but they chose Colonial <laughs> Williamsburg. Yeah, <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: it's, it's a fucking, you know, it's a tourist attraction. To oh, not. You're dead, you're stuck sure. on Earth. What else are you going to fucking do? They're probably know, out Paris, in Disney World right now. Yeah, was, sure. or Colonial okay. Williamsburg was oh, just well, next why, on the I know.
0: list. I don't know. Maybe if we took some three-second exposures at Disney World, we would catch a bunch of alien ghosts. Absolutely. Space Mountain? it's full scary. of ghosts. Makes it even more scary.
4: <laughs> Haunted Mansion? Don't
0: they have dumb. alien experience, right? Like, there's the... the that. That is a ride at Disney, I
2: think. I don't know. Anyways, I like that theory of the, this alien ghost. Just all, any a, any AT or ET who had come to Earth and had perished here is just trapped as ghosts. That sucks. Just trapped. <laughs> fuck this place. So I like that. I like uh, the pictures are interesting. They get you thinking and they're fun for sure. So I 100% right. would do the tour. Only if Tim's Absolutely. skull lion was there, though.
0: I guarantee I will be watching Phantom of the Paradise this week. <laughs> that picture. It's
2: rekindled something in Dan's again. mind. Uh, final I really like final thoughts, one. quick ones, and we'll we'll wrap this one up. Dan? Andrew? That's my final thought. Yeah. Phantom of the Paradise. Good movie.
0: Andrew? And Tim's great. Tim's great. Tim's great for coming on. Andrew, what do you think?
4: I think I think Tim was great. Like super entertaining. Really liked his opinions and his uh his theory. I thought it was super interesting. It was a take that I've never heard before. As for the pictures, you know, <laughs> they're interesting. I guess they're open to artistic uh, interpretation. Maybe I'd be interested to see them like a little bit more zoomed out and like you know get a little bit more context of where this photo taken and what more is going on. Fun, yeah, fun. He had fun. You had exactly, he had
2: fun. Yeah, I think it, uh, absolutely. He's a good dude. Absolutely, guys. Rad. Ghosts are still fucking cool. Fucking rights. All right.
0: Uh, somebody in chat mentioned that uh, the area does have great schools. Uh, William and Mary is there. That's where Jackie Chan's son went to university. I had a friend who actually went to like had class with Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie came Chan's to school himself. Son? I read that
4: on a meme once. Jackie Chan was not giving his kids any handouts. They weren't no. getting any of his inheritance. That a boy. He was in a
2: band. That a boy. Jackie. Oh, shit. Keep your kids yeah, honest, Jack. man. Make them work hard. You get, no one's got to do it the hard way. No man. one likes spoiled kids. All right. No one likes. Yeah, he wants his kids doing their own stunts just like him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to have them grow up with 47 broken bones. and <laughs>
4: Yeah. Oh, man. I remember watching remember the outtakes in Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. He, like, hours his of, his hours of great yeah. outtakes. And Crazy. he's got the shoe cast. on cast. Yeah. He's jumping on that hovercraft or whatever. Like yeah. Jackie Chan was a bad... I remember watching that movie and being like, he should be Spider-Man. Shit. Like, like he's like climbing rates. up a building and stuff. You're just like, that's... Like, what, like, that's- oh, he's dead. <laughs> Huh? They were filming that outtake and they're like, oh my God, Jackie Chan's dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. like, that's real though. Like that's, which is insane. He's doing that. We can
2: talk more about Jackie Chan in After Hours. Yeah. You know. we'll, my bad. We'll continue our Jackie Chan. Jackie's just <laughs> so fucking cool. Fanboying in After Hours. All right. Who do we got this week for our Theorite of the Week?
4: Andrew's got someone. Yeah. Fucking Jack and Jill. Braden. What's their names again? <laughs> No, what's the guy that sent you stuff? Oh God, are we gonna <laughs> do this? Uh, you guys it's such <laughs> passive aggressive asshole. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> dicks. Uh, oh, uh. Man. Yeah, this well, obviously, I think we got two. We got two theorites of the week. All right,
2: Ken. give them the Co theorites.
4: Uh, yeah, we got Co theorites. Uh, my theorite of the week is fucking my man Willie on Discord for sending me. The most ridiculous fucking present ever. You don't have to do this. I tried for him to not to. He did it anyways. He's a beauty. He sent me an awesome mini helmet for uh, Kenny Galladay, oh, ex great yeah. Detroit Lion, fucking touchdown leader, like two years ago. Probably the fucking coolest thing that I'm gonna have in my studio. You have Pretty it? Exciting beside you? No, it's upstairs. I'll go grab it for. An, we'll do after for, uh, after hours. Yeah. yeah, my kid, my kid's losing it over it. I couldn't bring it down here yet. That's fair. And Brayden, and, and who are your theorites? Who's your theorites of the week? No one matters. As long uh, as you send Andrew some merch from a
1: shitty football team, you can probably get it for pretty cheap. Shitty football team, boys! We just you beat can, the fucking Arizona
4: Cardinals. What are talk you talking about, shitty football teams? You can probably get it
1: for pretty cheap. You can get yourself a theorite of the week. So, oh, uh, hey, Will, congratulations. You don't, you're don't, right. you not a co-theorite with anyone, my friend.
4: Ooh, a little bitterness there. Jesus.
2: This is All right. petty. A Things went off the rails a little bit there. All right. Petty. Anywho, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe uh, Braden will give his next week.
4: Okay.
1: All right. D- anything else?
2: Hopefully not. All right. <laughs> no, no. That's what we say. No, no, no. You're not done yet. No, there is no more. more. <laughs> Everybody's favorite part of the show. Take it easy. If you're not supporting the show and you want early access, the live stream, the Discord, all the bonus stuff. You know where to go. Patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast. Links in the description. You can't miss it. This week's newest supporters Catalino Nieves Warner, Tyler McKinnon, not Agent Mulder in disguise, is back for a third or fourth time. Ooh, yeah, I recognize that. Logs. Logs in for a few months You don't don't have to sign onto Patreon forever You can log in, support your boys for a few months Log off, come back later, it's all good Braxton Kid, A full year pledge by Josh Jostad And a full year pledge by Hugh G He deleted it He got me before (laughs)
1: It was Wretched Yes it
2: was (laughs) (laughs) He deleted it (laughs) All right. Thanks very much for supporting the show.
1: And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies.
2: See you in after hours.